This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Hello, welcome to Get Gardening. My name is Alan Gray. And today I have a gentleman who I've longed to meet with me. It's from the Huntingbrook Garden in Ireland and it's Jimmy Blake. Hello. Delighted to be here. Back after about 10 years, maybe. <laughs> I think well, I was here the strange years. thing is that you have been to my garden before, but we didn't meet. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is probably 10 years ago. It's probably 10. I think I've been here a few times. Yeah. Um, I know that. How come I didn't know this man was here? Sneaking around. <laughs> well, we've had a little tour of the garden today, and I have to say we've had a good old chat. And as usually happens on these occasions, when you get two gardeners together who know a little bit about their subject, they start discussing plants. And I must say that I've got a list here, Jimmy, that came I've from got you. A list as well. <laughs> well, I've got something called Lophosauria. I can't read the writing. Lophosauria quadripinata. Quadripinata, that's right. And tell us about that. It's the fern that everybody should grow because it's hardy and the fronds can go up to about up to 10 foot mm. and it's silver That's underneath. Big. It's huge and it's much more suitable than a tree fern, for my climate anyway. Yeah. Um, well, you saw tree ferns here. We've got tree ferns growing outside and they're fine. You've got, yeah. This is just, it's spectacular. It's just this single frond that comes from the ground and in the second year then it's silver underneath and yeah. then the new fronds when they're coming up, they're kind silvery furry fronds or you know when they're unfolding crozier crozier silvery silvery yeah. furry yes yeah. um yeah so it's it's amazing like central and south america and it's hardy with me well i think if it's harder with you it should be harder with me mm. but i think it's interesting when we sort of walking around the garden i noticed that one of the things i'm trying to do in my garden and you're trying to do it in yours all the time i know and that is to improve the kind of plants that you're growing and to get more interesting, different, larger, bigger, Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Um, and Lophosauria will do that for me, I think. Now, I think it needs, it does need deep shade. And it, 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 I'd say it probably depends on the amount of moisture. They're definitely smaller on one side of the valley at home. But then on the north side, where it does get moisture coming down the bank, they're enormous there. Well, I don't think they'll be 10 feet here, Jimmy, because we have an annual rainfall of 20 inches, and I think you're probably nearer 60. Yeah, it's like a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, something else, uh, there was a terrace, and for everybody listening, I have to tell you that's P-T-E-R-I-S. It's a silent P, a terrace fern called Wallichiana. It's no. another huge, I suppose I, I collect a lot of ferns because I have good conditions for ferns. But trying to find big ferns that are hardy mm. and this is it comes up on one single stem and then it kind of comes out in a beautiful kind of delicate umbrella shape and uh, terris wallichianum beautiful but the one in the valley a uh, big sycamore tree fell on top of it last year and oh. we didn't get around to moving the sycamore tree and i see the fern has come out both sides <laughs> Uh, there was only one stem for years, now it's got two stems coming each, each side of the... But it's one definitely to keep an eye out for, it's really... Well, that's, that's obviously something really beautiful. That, that I think is probably going to take some finding, maybe. What did you find that you liked in the garden today? Um, well, that Resinus, Blue, Blue Buddha. Blue Buddha, yeah. 
Chini, that looked nice. Well, for Rosinus, it's a false castor oil plant. The, the big palmate leaf thing that we grow for summer bedding, really, a lot of people do. Um, but this is a particularly, well, I'll let Jimmy describe it. Yeah, it's, that, it's just that lovely silvery powder, powdery blue off the stems. Yeah. And, and the, the leaves are kind of a silver look as well. Yeah. Um, really nice. Now, it depends how it will do outside with me, whether it's one of those that needs a really hot summer. Have you grown it outside or is it just no, in the I just I bought three plants and, you know, this is what we do when we're buying plants that are new to us. We, we grow them for propagation purposes. So to make sure I got seed, I kept it under glass this summer. I needn't have done, because look at the summer we've had. But, yeah, yeah. You know. It's got huge potential. It's, 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 it's just to break away from the dark colours in those, I suppose. Yes. And it came from a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Steve Edney. Yeah, yeah, um, Steve always he got it from somebody plants. Um, who had only seen, uh, it's the only source of that plant that he knows. It's a, a lady, I think, and he managed to get some seed okay. from her. So it's Collect the seed. Yeah. It's one to thumb for the future. Collect the seed. Yeah. <laughs> Coming your way in an envelope. <laughs> of course, we never do things like that. Um, I love, it was interesting to see that Lobelia chupa, yes. which is usually red, and but seeing that orange form of it. It's, it's, a, it's a nice plant, but... Head of security. The orange Lobelia chupa is the one that doesn't set seed. Yeah, it's sterile. Yeah. So what we have to do is we have to get an underground runner um, yeah. And we chop the top off, and that would right. root anyway. Okay. And then chop into sections. The rest and of it into root cuttings. Yeah. So we do root cuttings in very early summer, but it's got to be done with warmth. Okay, bottom heat. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget about root cuttings. I kind of go to lots of trouble doing the really ACA family yeah. from root cuttings, and then it's not like a cutting; you don't see it. So. They usually try well, some out. things on root cuttings are tricky. I think I'm, I'm thinking of now particularly Romnia culturae. Yeah. You know, the poached egg poppy plant, yeah. um, Californian thing. And I mean, if you do it too early, they just rot. And if you okay. do it too late, you know, it's, it's, you're, you are yeah. too late. So you've got to do it just when the sap is starting to rise so that everything is starting right. to want to grow. Yeah. Um, do it then, it's all right. It's too. worth trying the different Aureliaceae ones. Like, you know, that we were talking about Brasiopsis this yeah. morning. Yeah, they say if you do root cuttings of them, they grow. Or the Aurelias. It's like, well, Tetrapanax. Tetrapanax, yeah. T-Rex, good old T-Rex. I mean, yeah, yeah. we've got a border just outside the orangery here. Yeah. We had T-Rex in it, we took them out. Yeah. What happened to all the roots we left Babies. behind? Up oh, pops, one, two, three, four, seventy-four, yeah. seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. of them. So yeah. what I used to do with that, in actual fact, I used to dig the roots up and I'd get a root piece of root about 30 centimetres long, twirl it around in a pot, pop some soil on the top, on the bench uh, and forget yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's starting to starting to spread at home as well. Mm. But I've never seen, I think the most exciting plant in the whole garden for me was the size of those tetrapanics. Mm. Like I've never seen tetrapanics that size, like fantastic. Dare I say this, ladies and gentlemen, but mine's bigger than his. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I genuinely mean that. Um, what else did I... Yeah, learning about, you know, maybe chancing the agaves. Out. Like, I've really gone mad buying new agaves in yeah. the sand garden at home. Yeah. That's such a pain in the neck digging them up and getting stabbed and putting them in the glass, putting them back out, but putting a cover over them. I think the thing with um, agaves here is, I mean, winter is our wettest season. Yeah. And yeah. cold and wet, they don't like. They'll take yeah. cold, but they don't take wet as well. So if you can, 
devise some way of, I mean, in a sandbed, that's going to be pretty, very draining. But judging from the amount of rain you have, you're still going to have a little bit of difficulty there. Yeah, you see, sand, like, sand is not dry. That's the thing. Sand is actually, once you go down a bit, sand yeah. is always damp. Remember going to the seaside, digging a hole? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I always say to people. It's not, like all summer, the sand garden has done really well this year because it actually just, it holds moisture. Yeah. So, yeah, but I am going to try some of the agaves out. But you were saying Montana was probably the hardiest one. I think Montana's done really well for us. I mean, uh, I mean uh, the, the one that's flowering with two flower spikes on it is now about 18 years old. Oh, it's that age, yeah. Um, and it's going to put flower spikes up this year and hopefully it fl they will flower next year. Okay. So it's 2023. But I think this is only about the second one to flower in this country. Oh, wow. Um, and I think it's something like 2009 or 8 when it was first, oh. first named, this plant. Yeah. Um, and was the other one down in Nick, ba or, or, um, Nick Mesa? Nick Mesa's. Mm. Yeah, because I saw, I saw the remains of it. Yeah. And then, well, because uh, the sad thing is they die. They die after it, yeah. Yeah. But hopefully, yeah. I mean, whether we'll get seed or not, I don't know. It depends on the summer. If we have a summer like we've had this year, the seed could well you get ripen. Seed. Um, My plant is only two years old, so a few years to go. Yeah, a few years to go, but I mean, you'll get there. Yeah. It, was, it, it amuses me that. Friend of ours, Richard Hobbs, was always talking about growing bulbs from seed. Yeah. And because people say, well, I'm not going to wait five years for a yeah, flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you sow it now and, sow t and then sow next year and then sow the year after that, different sorts Absolutely. of bulbs. Absolutely. You get to five years down the line, you've always got something new to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. What else did I see? You said something about pruning something. What was that? It's like, I'm going to copy that. Oh, no, so, co so Cosmos. Well, I had. Known about that, but so the amaranthus in June. Yes. For later seed. Well, I think there's, there's yeah. one or two things, isn't there? I mean, if we, when you grow plants, you know those that are going to grow uh, quickly. Yeah. And amaranthus uh, are very tolerant. I sowed a, um, a seed tray full of hot biscuits, I think it was, mm. amaranthus hot biscuits. I pricked half them out and thought, that's all I need. Mm. And I left the others in the tray because they started to look a little bit pinched and, you know, went back three weeks later, four weeks later maybe even, and I pricked them out into clumps, into pots, and within a week, whoo, they'd opened up and smiled. And rather than doing them singly, clumps is interesting as well. Well, it's, it's less yeah. fiddly, Jimmy, Yeah, to well, be quite yeah. honest, you know. And I mean, I think if you've got good soil um, and you water them in when, the, when you first plant them and all the rest, I would do the same with ladybird poppies, believe it or not, because Poppy seedlings are normally minuscule, yeah, and if you're going to be out in the garden weeding, you'll destroy more, more of your seedlings than you really want to. Yeah. But if you plant them a tiny pinch in plugs, and then plant the plugs out when they're big enough, it obviates. And I know. think for us, I think like any of those annuals that need a really hot summer, if we put them out in May or you know if they get any sort of chill. Mm. Like they don't do well for us, so no. actually that late sowing then, you know, they're up yeah. in June where they're not going to get a chill. I know what the thing was we talked about when we were talking about pruning, and that is cutting salvias, like salvia microphylla, yeah. cutting them back in June, end yeah. of June, beginning of July, yeah. give them a good old haircut, yeah. a water and a feed, and then they get lots of new growth, so you get wonderful flowers in yeah. September. And then flower earlier next year. That, for me, that like with salvias is all well, well. A lot of plants is trying to extend that season. So yeah. if you can get salvias flowering, like in late spring, yeah. Instead of but there are some salvias. You know, do you not find that? Um, I'm, I'm thinking of the Mexican salvia, Confertiflora, mm. with the orange spires. If you could, if you 
take the cutting in 2022 and I would put that plant outside in 2024, having kept the plant yeah, yeah. As, as a growing plant and then pruned it in late winter of 2024, okay. gets new shoots on it and goes out as a big butch plant yeah. just wanting to grow for you. Yeah, De particularly that one. Mm. Um, yeah, they're doing well at home. And the cur curvy floor I was saying to you earlier on, didn't prune it back hard. Didn't prune it at all actually last spring, in, in the spring. And it started flowering early summer and it's continued flowering. Yeah. It's still flowering now and it's, it's nearly September. That's tantamount to your, your rain fall because yeah. I think um, yeah. I didn't prune mine either. Mm. I left it against the wall and it got very droughty this summer mm. and it stopped. Yeah. Uh, lo lots of plants do. I mean, they just stop. And if, you know, if you get a period where they're not getting enough water. I think it's the atmospheric moisture where we are as well. Yeah. Like we didn't have, we haven't had rain nearly the whole summer. Well, probably since June anyway. Well, we have, we, I live at a thousand feet yeah. in the mountains. There's, yeah. there's, there's moisture in the air and I think that makes the difference. You made me laugh when I said, you said you live at a thousand feet. I said, I live at 30 feet. And you yeah. said, that's glass house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, very happy for you. <laughs> well, it is, I suppose, because it does make a Ah, it's a big difference. Mm. Do you know, I'm on the edge of Dublin and the difference, the difference in, in the city yeah. It's incredible. They can grow whatever they want, but they can't grow all the woodland stuff that I grow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's stuff that does well, whereas I'm desperately trying to grow tropical stuff, um, which just wants to go back to the tropics, really. <laughs> yeah, but that's part of the fun, isn't it? It's just what we do. Um, um, it's, it's actually, uh, I don't know, it's challenging. Everything we do is a challenge. Because one of the traits with us as gardeners is the fact that we want to grow the plants that we shouldn't grow, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I remember Mike Wickenden saying to me that um, he, up on the northwest coast of Scotland, where he had high, similar rainfall to you, mm. he wanted to grow cistus, um, halimiocystus, and all those things that love hot, dry climates. And I said to him, but I want to grow blue poppies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know that feeling. Do you grow blue poppies? I do, and do you know what? I've, I've kind of forgotten about them now and I need to go back into growing them because they used to do quite well. But the difference, I've, I'm in Huntingbrook 20 years. It's amazing the difference in 20 years in, in climate. Like when I arrived there first, I did loads of blue poppies. I think there'd be, there'd be a lot more challenging now. It's funny when you said Michael Wickenden, I remember um, robbing seeds um, there was some field or something that he had plants in near the nursery. I remember seeing this giant ream, the biggest ream I had ever seen. I just, I remember just running through the field to get seed. Um, and I have it grown in the valley at home now with these massive big leaves. I don't know what the, whole, the history of it was, but anyway, it's a nice memory of Michael. Every yeah. time I see it coming up in the valley and the memory of Robin's seed. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean about 20 years ago, because 20 years in... Gardening terms, <coughs> excuse me, it's quite a long time. And um, we have seen the climate change during that period. When we, I mean, I know that we bought, and Graham and I bought this house 50 years ago next year, mm. big anniversary coming up. But in those days, we wouldn't have planted a pit of sporum outside and now they're still seeding in the garden. That's the difference. Yeah. And you? Oh, huge difference. Huge difference. The amount of plants that I used to bring in and now I don't have to bring in. Mm. Do you know? Um, Massive change. Do you know, I'm growing, you know, I gardened in Dublin for years in, in Airfield 
and um, I'm now able to grow a lot of those plants that used to be used to be outside there mm. uh, and I see there now they're growing like they're leaving cactus and succulents out mm. all year round there now so mm. it is a huge I think this is tantamount to the fact that the climate is changing and changing probably faster than we realise mm. well we can see it this year can't we then? well do you know driving up here t- this morning it felt like driving through Australia. Mm. Really felt. I felt like I could see a kangaroo at any moment because the fields are all brown. I don't know what you're on, Jimmy, but can I have some? Because I'd like to see a kangaroo too. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a conversation earlier on about um, what's your next project? And I said to Jimmy, what's your next project? And he said, well, I'd like to make a garden in the field. Do you think I should? I said, well, you're going to anyway, aren't you? Right. It was like, admit, it was like getting it out of my mind and just saying, that, saying it. Yeah, kind of. I didn't really listen to what you were saying, but I was actually giving myself permission to do, <laughs> just go and do that bloody thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, you see, that's what you get when you get two keen gardeners together. They're egging each other on all the time. <laughs> A good influence. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jimmy. You're welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Hey, Fordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. (laughs) 